0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Ingram Jones and I have with me to- today another special guest. We're talking middleweight. We're talking Great Britain. We're talking about the British middleweight champion, Nick Blackwell. Nick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm great, I'm great. Finally, we get to get this interview going. I remember talking to you, I think, after you'd lost to Billy Joe Saunders. And you know, I think it was in the later rounds, and you really did push Billy Joe Saunders in that fight. And I sort of thought to myself, you know what, this guy will end up, and he'll get, an, he'll go on, and he'll win the British title. We have indeed done that, and uh, let's get going. So, tell the, the fans a little bit more about who Nick Blackwell is.
1: Um, I'm chilled out, down
0: am my sky. know, I'm not
1: keeping fit. Um, I started boxing when I was 16. Um. I went to the gym just pure, purely for fitness and does a bit of self-defense, got a decent fit like most people do. Um, and I and then I ended up doing the unlicensed route, didn't know no different. Thought thought it was the way to go. Um, I had like, 18 unlicensed was one or more. Um, stopped 16 of them, most of it was just cool, so I was a lot fit, than most of the lads, and you know, I was fighting people, fully grown men, when I was 16, two freestowners in me. So no, I got I was 10 out of school. so there's days I was fighting like a pro against um, fully grown men. Turn pro so probably when I was 18 and um, basically went from there, you know, I went from there and um, I've enjoyed it, you know, I just, I just really enjoy it. Um, it's like the whole training camp, the whole build up to it, um, the nerves in the night and then I was getting an arm raised after the fight, which really, like, I'm starting to get used to, you know? <laughs> you know, it's been a long, rocky um, track, but um, just the hard work I've been putting into it, commitment, um, you know, it's finally starting to pay off now.
0: You have an interesting background because, of course, you came from the uh, the, the the unlicensed background. So, can you sh- tell me how that differs from the unlicensed background to obviously the licensed background in terms of, you know, the difference for you?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, in the amateurs, you got they got good pedigree. You know, they do the basics, got good foot movement, they got fast hands, they got they do all the basics very like, well. Me, I was just a fighter. I was just going in there and just trying to beat somebody up. I was that was me, you know. And I'm quite unlike. Actually, I'm, I'm quite tough, I'm quite strong, I'm quite sick, so it uh, worked quite well for me in the United States. And Obviously, when you go pro, um, obviously the opposition, the level, it it steps up. Um, and yeah, do uh, you know what? People say, would I change it? No, I wouldn't change it because I could, I might not be where I am now playing in, in the United States. Um I suppose I'm quite, an, I'm very experienced for a 25-year-old, you know, a 25-year-old pro, I've been there, I've sort of done quite a lot um, in, short, in such a short space of time. I'm still young. Um, I've learned from that. Um, as I was do the amateur background. And now I'm just, um, you know, that was my apprenticeship. And now I'm actually starting to go on and be a proper pro. Do it, do it the right way, you know.
0: Yeah, there's there are some things in your record. I mean, you fought Martin Murray, but you fought Martin Murray when you were really young in your career. How many fights did you have when you fought Martin Murray?
1: You know, I, I wasn't beaten, and I just felt invincible. Yeah. You know, a lot of fighters they um, get back uh a lot, and they just think they're invincible until you do um, step up in opposition. You know, and some people even come back strong or they come back worse. And it was a fight that I wouldn't change. Went in with an injured leg, went in yeah. with a cracked rib. You know, so I was in agony. for him, went in to fight uh, Martin Murray. You know, he's a class operator. And back then, I was a kid. I was a light like, middleweight, probably. You know, at, at best. But against Martin Murray, I, I was going to beat him, um, and obviously. I have to retire in the fifth, sixth round, whichever it was, but got the experience from that. Um
0: and I got stronger from that fight. You, you did get stronger from that fight. You went on for uh Billy Joe Saunders as well. Yeah, I fought Billy
1: Joe. Um he had a very good amateur pedigree and you know, then he boxed very well first half of the fight. And, you know, I took sort of warm down, um I started getting to him but you know, I wasn't doing I wasn't I wasn't throwing my shots, I wasn't I, my trainer who I was back with then, you know, he started at the same sort of time as me. So we both learned together along, along the route. If I had someone like Gary Lockett in my corner, he's, he's been there he's done it and he gave me the, the right advice in that corner, you know, it could have been a different fight. But you happens know, for a an reason. And, um, you know, with Gary now, I, I'm learning a lot. I won't be making mistakes now. I'm learning all the time in the gym. Yeah, they're, doing they're, the basics.
0: I know you say that you everything happens for a reason there is there is a there's a, another gentleman in, a, in another division just a little higher than you that says uh, everything happens for a reason as well um his name is george groves he's making a comeback yeah. soon um he says everything happens for a reason um for you that reason seems to be a good thing because you met with gary lockett and gary yeah, lockett you know, is, go ahead
1: gary lockett yeah he's you know he's a, he's a top man. You know he's yeah. a wicked man. And I was out there doing a lot of sparring with the Liam Williams, and the Alex Hughes back in the day. And um, you know we be doing regular sparring. And I thought I've gone off my own. Gary's pointing things out to me on my training. I wasn't there, what I wasn't doing. Simple, basic things. You know what? I obviously didn't have the amateur background, so I wasn't doing these basic things. I haven't had it drummed into me. So he right. was just and I come out. I, I drove away from the gym once, and I felt I felt that big. You know, I felt. Like I I just should give it all in, you know, I am not good enough. And I thought, so you know what, I thought if I'm gonna get any better I need to make a big decision, um and leave my first trainer and go and ask her, obviously to take me on. Um and it was a big decision for me because like, that was training the first, he was um we were like from day one it was sort of got everything together, you know, so it was a big decision and um when I you know, practically, um the courage to do it. Um, I just yeah it's, it's the best move I've ever made it's the best move I've ever made and I'm learning every single day in the gym I come out of the gym every day thinking I've learned from it um, and with my last train I felt like I'd gone backwards so uh, it's only a positive thing I'm surrounded in such good lads so I've got a lean We've got Alex we has got Enzo Macanelli I've got the Gammarees walking in and out actually, i just got such good company around me the good sparring in the gym we're all competing against each other and it's just really good vibes and we're all bringing each other on in different ways you know.
0: You know, that's a key thing you mentioned there and it's a key moment in your career because your career could have gone either one of two ways because if you'd stuck with the trainer that you had, do you think you would achieve the things you would achieve now in your career?
1: No, definitely not. Do you know what, Gary Lockett answered this to me and he, he nailed it on the air, I've, I've, done, I've got quite far and done well for doing everything wrong. So imagine how far I can go when I'm doing everything right. You know, and it's going to take time. Uh, I've been going nearly a year now, and I'm I'm starting to see some massive differences in in the gym. Yeah. All I need to do now is obviously bring that into my fight, and with the tube bank fight, everything's falling into place, absolutely spot on. Everything's perfect. Um, I'm always fit anyway. You know, I'm always twelve round fit. I'm always training, not just because a fight could come up. I just generally do like training instead and fit and healthy. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Everything's going. Everything's just well. I'm for mentally good, or physically good already, and I've still got a lot, a lot. Still got a good seven, eight weeks now. So
0: you fought a lot of guys, good guys in your career. Like you said, you've talked about. We've talked about Mark, the Murray Murray fight. We've talked about the Billy Joe Joe, Joe yeah. uh, Saunders fight. You fought uh, Ryder, beat Max, him. Matty life, I fought him. In yes, backyard. I fought Kaminsky. Kaminsky, um, yes. Ryder. There you go.
1: The yeah, com- you know. And, go ahead. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah the Kaminsky fight, another
1: one. You know, I was obviously with my old trainer. Um, just little things going on the the chamber and not getting on with my other mates, you know, just cause call call an atmosphere and i am quite a mental, if I'm not mentally there, I don't perform, I don't perform physically, you know, and that was what happened on that fight. I still should have won the fight one more round I would have stopped from and it would have been a put a massive statement out there. Then, you know, I ended up getting a draw um, and people only sort of recognising, you know, that I've done well when not was Adam Etches. but yeah, exactly. You know, Adam exactly. Adam Etches is one of them fighters who's brought up fighting people who aren't really punching back and, um he thought he was invincible, like when I thought Martin Murray. And um, it was a bit of a shock to him when he did get hit by Kamitsky, You know, he is a strong boy, Kamitsky. He's what I'm trying to trade with. And, um, yeah, I hope Adam Etch has come back stronger from that fight. You know, it just yeah, it shows what sort of man you are to come back stronger. You're come back. It's a different different fight, you know.
0: Kaminsky, you talk about that fight. Komitski has beaten um, Adam Etch, as you mentioned. He also has beaten um, Frank Buglioni.
1: Yeah, I was there when he fought Frank Buglioni, and I was sparring Frank Buglioni for fighting. And Frank was doing a lot of basics wrong. I was his sparring partner, and you know, he was getting caught that right hand too much. And I said to him, "You need to keep your left hand up," I said, because Comiskey's a strong boy. And in, just watch the whole build-up to that fight. The whole interview with Frank Buglioni saying, "Oh, I know I'm not going to stop Comiskey. I'm going to there. You know, i going to point." So you don't go into a fight trying to, win. "I'm going to point." you going to try and hurt that person, and try and stop him, You know, so straight away I knew he wasn't be there. Went into the fight. And he was dropping his left when he's trying his jab, and he's dropping his right. So I just knew what the outcome was gonna be unfortunately. I like Frank a lot. Um but I knew what the outcome was gonna be in that fight. And um yeah, again, Frank, you know, he's you know, he's trying to rebuild himself from that and obviously he got he got beat in the last fight, but he for world title. But um, you know, he's is a strong lad and he's a good lad and it'd be interesting. I'm gonna go up and watch him against John Ryder. I think John Ryder he's got the boxing ability to make commits a bit stupid, but if he gets involved in a brawl with him, then it could be a different story, you yeah? know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're very, very you very, very knowledgeable about certain opponents and, and strategy, strategy. But what I want to do, I don't want to go into, I want to leave the Eubank fight till the end because I want to get to know more about Nick Blackwell. And I don't want this interview to just be about the Chris Eubank fight. I want to know a little bit yeah, more about yeah, your personality, a little bit more about you and your knowledge about the sport and about the middleweight division around you. Yeah. What we'll other things have been going on recently in the middleweight division? Obviously, Billy Joe Saunders has now won the WBO uh, Middleweight Championship of the World against Andy Lee. What were your thoughts yeah. about Andy Lee
1: and that fight? Um, Andy Lee, I thought he fought the wrong game plan. Um, you don't, you don't counter plan Billy Joe Saunders. And, oh, you put pressure on Billy Joe Saunders and you put educated pressure on him and you've got to try and counter him at the same time. You don't stand there and wait for that one shot. That's what Andy Lee's done. Um, that's what he's done in most of his fights. I knew Billy Joe Saunders was going to win that fight on points. I knew he was. Just because Andy Lee, the last couple of fights he's had, he's been getting out of box for people nowhere near as good as a boxer Billy Joe Saunders and caught him out like a punch. Billy Joe Saunders is a very, very, very... He's one of the best bo- technical, bo- technically gifted boxers in the middleweight division. He's got very good foot movement. He's got very good head movement. He's got fast hands. He's very good timing. And um, he got himself in good shape for that fight. So I knew... And he just... And Lee just waited for one shot and just didn't put pressure on Billy Joe. And Billy Joe, you know, in a lot of fights, he does well for the first six, seven rounds. and starts tiring out. He was fit as a fiddle for the whole 12 rounds because I think he didn't put pressure on him. So yep. he made it and he's united to Billy Joe's corners. But don't take it away from Billy Joe. He fought a very, very good game plan and done exceptionally well and looked at doing it.
0: Now, I, I've given his trainer, Adam Booth, a lot of stick in my uh, my uh, uh, my, pre, my my post-fight uh Shots yeah. because I felt that Adam Booth did not inject the sort of uh aggression in uh Andy Lee. But you know what, Adam Booth
1: is like that with most of his fighters they stand there, they throw their shots, and they're trying to counter punch and then move away. On their... they won't, he does it with every single one. They don't, they're not busy, they're not busy fighters, they're left the counter punch and then move around, you know. Yep. And you know, with, with a style like that, you put the pressure on people like that, you know, you put the pressure on people. And you don't especially with Billy O'Sornet, you've got to put pressure on him. You can't stand there and do that to Billy Joe because that's, that's, that's what he works in his favour. So, um I think then it was Ryan Burn is it Ryan Byrne? He flying on, I think it was his last fight and you know, Kitty could have got him out of there, but he did it. He found his combos and he was walking around the ring. Walking yeah. around the ring. And that's the sort of style that Adam Booth puts into his fighters and you know, you know, he's just everyone can see it now, you know, it's general knowledge what he does and you know, he's yeah, so and that's what happened with
0: Andy Lee on the night. Yep. And the yep, boot's a yep.
1: very, very good trainer. Very good trainer. He's very good in the corner. I'm not saying he's not a rubber trainer, but that's generally most what of he does, most
0: fighters. Life. Of course. Um, so it was w- the wrong game plan for the night. I would like to see Lee actually, you know, welcome um, Billy Joe Saunders to, to world-class boxing and hit him early and put him on the back foot yeah. and make and make him have to fight and test that stamina of Billy Joe's, because we know... Well, self- you know what, the, the best Andy Lee started looking is when he got hurt, and he started yeah. actually throwing some shots. Yes. He Billy Joe. You
1: know, so why didn't... when He had success when he was hurt. What did he do when he wasn't hurt? Why didn't he, like... Because Billy Joe... Billy Joe is not the biggest puncher. You know, he's very sharp. Yeah. But with someone like you put pressure on him, and you just you start throwing him a big punch, especially if you're in hard. So I just... I don't know what sort of game plan... I don't know. I just thought he looked quite old in the ring, Andy Lee, to be honest. I just... Yeah, he didn't I look just great. Thought, yeah, I just, uh, I just, he didn't, just didn't do great, and just didn't come up with the best game plan. But you know, like I said, did not take it away from Billy Joe Saunders. He um, fought very, very well and very good doing it.
0: Okay, another person that fought a week beforehand, um, Spike O'Sullivan. Yeah, against uh, the guy you're fighting next, Chris Eubank Jr. What are your assessment on that fight?
1: Strange one. As soon as Spike come out. Yep. he done every he done everything wrong. Put the square on, yep. put the guy down, encourage you bank to come up, but he'd done everything wrong, but still had success doing that. He caught you bank with some, caused some sloppy hooks, and he hurt you bank. You know, um, I know Spike. I like Spike a lot. He's a yes. Roman bloke, very very um, strong fighter, but he had something wrong with his. Um, he's had it with Billy Joe and at this fight, you know, he get you're it in versus air drum, he's got a surgery on it and that's gonna play a massive part when you fight when you're fighting you obviously if you got no balance you can't fight him. Yeah. You know, um but he just done everything wrong, we still had success, you know, I think it's the best way to put it. Um and he must have been in a lot of pain to stop when he did. Um but yeah, I don't know, he just showed a lot of flaws in Eubank but then showed that Eubank can take shots if he get caught very clean, despite the bit. But it shows that he's there to be hit. He's there to be hit. Um Spike's not the quickest quickest fighters, you know, but he got a hit. Attacked quite a lot. So yeah, no, um, I thought Spike, you know, um if he had a rematch he sort of that era. it could be a different fight. Um I know he's not the sort of person to pull out to pull out um on his corner. So yeah, I think um that air did really affect him. But yeah.
0: So and is there anybody else in the middleweight division in the British middleweight division that you've looked at recently and you've seen, obviously as as champion?
1: I, I like to, you know, what? a good mate Tommy Langford. and I think he's um, he's improving quite a lot. He's um, a very good boxer. He hasn't fought. He hasn't really fought anyone yet. I know. I know. He's, I think he's fighting Lewis Taylor next, um, and Lewis Taylor's not a bad. Um, he's not a bad fight. It's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Tommy mm-hmm. Langford's very still very amateur style, he's got a very good work rate, he's very fast, very sharp with the shot. Not the strongest of the lads, my brother fought him, he's not very strong. What I think when you're going to test him is when he fights someone who's tough, keep coming forward, he's strong. And then we'll see what happens when he does get caught clean. You know, because a lot of fighters, you can have all the ability, but you've got to have a height, you've got to be tough, you've got to be strong. You've know, you got to have all that genetically. So we'll see what happens when he does step up. I think it's a good test from the Lewis Taylor fight, and I think it's going to be a um, good one to watch. But I like I like Tommy Langford, nice kid, and he's he's a good boxer.
0: Anybody else in the British middleweight scene apart from your your next fight? Um, Dan Blackwell, he's um, I'm
1: coming. <laughs> <laughs> who's,
0: he? <laughs> who's, who's he? Who's he? Who's <laughs> he? Who's he? Who's he? He's my brother. Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a good record. I think he's had I know a five wins, but sixty losses, so he's on the up. <laughs> 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 uh you know they, you know what, Jack Arnville yeah, Jay, he surprised me quite a lot. Um um you come in last minute. He um he he was a very tough lad. Um and he showed spells of quite good boxing ability, you know. Um I went into fight again, not hundred percent. I sh- I shouldn't have been in the ring really, but to me being me, just convinced myself that I was alright, but I made it hard work for myself. So uh, Jack is another one to watch. I think he's um he come back stronger, hundred percent. Damon Jones was a very good boxer, you know. I think the middleweight division is very, very good now, and there's a lot of up and coming prospects. Um, you had Trad Cummings, I don't know he's very, I've spotted him for. he's very strong, still got to learn, um, like, still get that experience in. But, yeah, it's, the, the middleweight division is buzzing, you know, it's buzzing at the moment. And, yeah, that's a very, very good up and coming prospect.
0: Where do you rate Kamitsky?
1: Where do I rate him? Yeah. Do you know what I said about. Um, being strong, being tough, yeah. you know, you generally, you genetically got to have that. He's got that. Not a very good boxer, but he's got that, you know. And when you're tough and you're strong and you just keep on going and wearing people down, you can beat the best boxers in the world, you know, just by tying them out and catching them clean and putting people in positions where they've never been before. Um, so in that, um, in that aspect, I think he is very good. You know, he's very good. You'll give any middleweight a hard night's work. Any middleweight, they give a hard night's work. You just, fighting Kovitsky is not an easy fight. You know, especially when it wasn't easy for me when like, I fight another six rounds it benefited him, especially for 6 rounder. I got in the actual ring and my promoter Nick was having an argument with um their promoter I that they agreed to eight rounds and we was in the ring for ten minutes staring at each other, waiting for him to sort it out and in the end the referee said, Nick, you don't do six rounds to fight soft so I just got in and we got involved, you know, six round fight with Kromitsky. but you know, it didn't do me any favours really. But um I think Kaminsky thought he was going to be an easy fight. He thought he was going to get me out of there. He hit me with a few good shots, otherwise. Was a power, so I just put my guy out, I walked him down, let him throw as many shots um, at as me as possible, and he cut himself out. And then as when I started catching him clean. Still, I was very raw back then. I was very raw. Um, catching him clean. One more round, I would have gone out there. He spat his gum like twice. He didn't want to know. Um, I already in him body shots. But um, and like I said, it would have been a massive statement for me. If, if it was an eight-round fight, I would have beaten him. I still went into that six round. Fight with the eight round game plan, you know, but I only knew when I got to step inside the ring, you know, so it was a little bit of a, it you know, just played in my head a little bit, but you know, I got in there and just had to deal with what, what I had in front of me, you know.
0: Okay. Um. As your British champion, did you have any ambitions to move further on European championship fights or maybe a world, working towards a world championship fights, or was it the fact that 100%. you were waiting for Chris Eubank Jr.?
1: I'm not waiting of Chris Eubank Jr. at all. I'm not waiting for him any longer, you know, because the fight used to be made three or four times and he's pulled out every time, you know, and um, uh, why should I be waiting around for Chris? Went, you know, I'm doing my own thing. I'm concentrating on my, my own career. I'm not concentrating on his, you know, but now it's been made and it's in stone. You can't get away. You've got you've got a fight now, you know, so I'm happy the fight's been made. And it's actually, you know, it's going to happen. I, I never thought it was going to be. It's never going to happen, to be fair. And if I was in his position, I would have wanted to fight for a world title. I see a lot of people where they say, why are you going to British? But um, he's not ready for world title. That's why, you know. As long as much as he says he's ready for world title, he's not. Um, so that's yeah. So, in the bank fight is the fight that I've wanted, not that I've been chasing, but the fight that I've wanted for a long time. And um, as much as me going to be the underdog in my, head, I'm not the underdog at all. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to be in the best knit there' there's ever been, and I will beat him. 100. percent I'm so confident in my, myself that I will beat him. I'm more confident than what I am going into the John Ryder fight. I'm twice twice as more confident. I was a lot very confident going into that fight, and I am twice confident going into this fight that I will beat be him and cause an upset. Not an upset in my head, but in the boxing public.
0: It's interesting because, uh, I don't know if you know, I actually interviewed Spike O'Sullivan because I live in Ireland and I had a... Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, and I uh, spent a, quite a while with Spike sitting there and talking to him and the build-up of the fight. You know, I want the Bank fight, I want the Bank fight, I want the Bank fight. we got the Eubank fight. And then, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I'm going to beat Chris Eubank, I'm going to beat Chris Eubank, I need to fight, I need to fight. And, I, you know, I, I, you know, he, he went in there and he did the stuff, he did as well as he could. I, always, I, I think to myself, you know what, if he goes in there with hands up, coming straight lines, he's going to get beat by Eubank because he's going to pull off those uppercuts all the time.
1: Exactly, and that's his best shot, his best shot. And he'd be looking at my last couple before fights when I come to Guarón because I don't respect the people on fighting to power. Yeah. Um, and I get caught with the uppercuts But if that's what he thinks I'm going to be doing in this fight He's totally wrong And I I just I change my style for every fight And um, Yeah If that's what he's been counting on counting on an uppercut Then he, he needs to have a out, Trust
0: me uh, You know So Now I'm hearing from you That you know Your your mentality is a little different You're saying Well you know what I've not been chasing this fight I've not been chasing it You know th- This fight was actually nah. made before then he's pulled out three times. Why do you think? I, but, but Spike's the same thing to me. Spike said he pulled out the fight before. So is it because he's pulled out because. Because
1: he knows he's going to get beat. That's what it is. He you knows he's going to get beat. I me and Ewanks um, junior, do you know what? I'm not disrespecting Christian Ewanks he's a very good fighter and he's a good boxer. And he's actually a nice kid. You know, I used to do a lot of sparring with him. We used to sit down and chat to him. He was, he's my nice kiddie. kid. Obviously, he puts everything on for camera to generate the publicity and stuff. But um, when so I the more we sparred, the more I got on top of him. The last time we sparred, you know, I he got out after five rounds. You know, we did six times got out after five. And Ronnie Davis came up to me because he needed that today. he needed a beating. And he said, um, he said you two will never ever fight unless it's for big unless it's a massive fight and for big money, you know. And this is a big fight, and it's and it's for good money, it's for British Art. it was very good money, and um. Now, for me, it's not about the money. This is an investment fight for me. I'm going to beat Eubank Jr. up, and then the fights after that, they're going to be big fights. And It just shows that I work a lot of firms, sacrifices, and things can happen, you know? But yeah, like I said, I'm, I wasn't I was chasing this fight just because so many times it was supposed to happen, and I just never believed it was going to happen. So why should I wait around for Eubank? I'm doing my own thing. He's doing this thing, and now we're going to clash, and we're going to fight, and I'm happy.
0: This is the Nick Blackwell Show. This is about Nick Blackwell. What does Nick Blackwell bring to this fight that you... Me, I'm going to bring...
1: Me, I'm going to bring... I'm I'm fit, you know? I'm fit for 15 rounds, you know? And I'm going to be even fitter for this fight. I'm going to be fit for 20 rounds. Um, I'm fast. I've got a very good boxing ability. This never showed it into a fight. Never use it. Just because I don't have the time in the gym with Gary to actually bring that into the fight. Um... I'm doing it all the time. I'm spying. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very good. But I'm a pressure fighter. I put the pressure on. I'm strong. I'm tough. I've got a big heart, And, you know, he's going to have to hit me with everything he can to beat me. You know, because mentally, I'm going to know exactly what I'm going to do to him. I know it's going to be a very, very tough fight, but that's why I'm training. Is I'm taking myself away. For the, I my. was, about, I was training, training for a month before Christmas because I sort of knew what I was happening. So I'm a very good now. I'm only like, Seven pound off my weight, um, which never usually happens. Um, I'm taking more to a weight. I'm um, in Cardiff Monday to hold the fight. To not come back home for the weekends now. I've got a proper nutritionist on board. I eat healthy anyway, but that's just another little. You know, everything's gonna be fine. I'm taking even better supplements than what I was taking. I've got a conditioner training now, which is gonna make me fitter and stronger. You know, I was fit and strong anyway. It's gonna make me even stronger. Um, and I got, um, I got soft tissue work, so I've been harder each more session. So everything's come into place at the right time. Um, like I said, everything I'm for a reason. And I'm so a reason because I'm going to beat Chris about Jr.
0: What does it take to beat Chris Ubeck Jr.? Billy Joe Saunders showed us that, but...
1: Yeah, no there's arguments. a number, number of ways. number okay. of ways to beat him. Billy Joe outboxed him, you know. Chris Ubeck Jr. before that, didn't fight anyone who really wanted to go a shot back. You know, so I'm fighting someone like Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe mainly looked stupid for six, seven rounds, let's be honest. Till Billy Joe got tired, and Eubank, you know, he's he's a very fit lad, and he come on, he, he just, he's very big, and Billy Joe is very small for weight. Eubank used his is is size against Billy Joe, so he was probably was stronger than Billy Joe, um, but just just showed that he wasn't a very good boxer. Um, me, I'm gonna be on his case. He likes fighting at his own pace. You like likes doing his little flurries and moving around the ring, doing all little showboating, but he can't do that when somebody's on his case for twelve rounds. When somebody's on his case and he can't have a um, he can't have one bit, you know, can't, he can't breathe. You know, I'm gonna be all, I'm gonna be there in front of him for the whole twelve rounds, and I think it goes twelve rounds. I'm gonna be there, and um, so he's very fit. But we we'll see how we'll see how fit he is for a twelve round competitive fight. Someone on his case all the time. We'll see how fit he is. Do you think he's improving with Adam Booth? Um, yeah, he's improving each fight, I think. But um, in my, life, he hasn't really fought anyone like like me. I'm not saying like, Billy Joe Saunders is a very good boxer. I'm, I'm you know, I can box, but I can't. i I'm. A, to be honest, I can't box as well as Billy Joe Saunders. But I've got. I'm a totally different fighter than Billy Joe. So, um, and you like to come forward. I like to come forward. He put them two styles together. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting fight, and in it's um, whoever's gonna want it more on the night. And yeah, what we're gonna see, we're gonna see I'm gonna put him in positions and places that he's never ever been before in any of his fights. You know, he hasn't ever fought anyone with an engine like mine. You can hit as hard as me. You're just as tough as me. He's gonna keep coming forward. Um, you know, just we'll see see what happens when they're going gets tough.
0: How do you differ to Spike or Because Spike or Sullivan was tough. He was strong. He could punch. He could come forward. He had a yeah. big engine. How do you differ to Spike or Sullivan?
1: Um, I can move. I can move. I, I can move better than Spike. I'm faster than Spike. Um, you know, I can hit as hard, maybe higher than Spike. You know, with the speed. Um, I'm fit than Spike. Um, I like Spike a lot. You know, I don't like disrespect Spike, but Spike's very good fighter. And he's very intense fighter, but. Yep. Obviously I'm so confident in my own ability and um I'm just gonna be honest case. I'm just gonna be honest case. I think Spike let him breathe a little bit when he wanted to. Yeah. Um some when when he did go back but when Eubank did go back to try Space and Spike climbing in for a pro shot, he caught Eubank. You know, he caught Eubank and Eubank doesn't like that, he's not used to that. But Spike showed you so many flaws in Eubank. He showed so many flaws and um if Spike was just a little bit fitter, you know, he he could have done and think and he had that punch of chance there, you know, he could have beaten. It's what he could have beaten. And I'd have I'd a bet on Spike being you, man. because I, I believe that he did have he had that power to trouble him. You know, and he could trouble him.
0: What did you what was the thing you learnt the most in that sparring session the sparring sessions with Chris Eubank Jr.
1: Um, I realised that he's not very strong, isn't it? Very odd. Very snappy, very quick, um, awkward. You know, you might a good boxer, he's very fast, um fit lad. Um, but obviously everyone's got flaws, everyone's got strengths. My um, Mike found his strengths and he found his flaws and I suppose he found the same with me when we were aspiring. We inspired about a year half ago, so, you know, we're both a lot better fighter. Now he's, he's gonna be stronger, I'm gonna be stronger. Um, he's gonna be a better boxer, I'm gonna be a better boxer. You know, it's a very interesting fight, very interesting fight, um, for the pair of us. You know, like I said, I'm not here to disrespect you Benjamin. because I, I actually, He's like a bag boxer and I don't dislike kid. I think he's alright some of the stuff he does. I think it's a bit a bit cringy and that, but you know, it's just publicity and they you know, just get people talking about him and that's what he's doing.
0: Absolutely. Um let us flip it. I don't normally ask the boxer this question, but I, I think I'm gonna ask you this question. What does Nick Blackwell have to ensure he doesn't do to win against Chris Eubank Jr.?
1: Well I haven't got to do turn I just do square on I want to get caught in them up, guys. you know, because well, um, <laughs> the last three fights that I've been doing, you know, um, just because the John Ryder fight, I went mentally and I felt physically very good for that fight. Didn't perform very well, though. Perform rubbish. The next two fights, I went in. The first one, I had a virus. I shouldn't be fighting. And the next one, I'm injured. And I should not have been in that fight. Um, so that wasn't me. That just wasn't me. I thought, do you know what? I went into both of them fights and fought, I was going to lose the way I felt. I shouldn't ever be feeling like that for a British title fight. <laughs> you know, so I made it hard for myself and I didn't look good doing it. So if he's going to take that, take my, um, like, look at him in the three fights and think, like, it's what it's going to be bringing to the table. You know, it's not. Um, so yeah, just don't want square on. Um, getting caught in my guts. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, you can't, let me say, whatever, you know, you just got to get um, do it out it.
0: Excellent stuff. Um, finally, I, and I want to leave this till last because um, a man that I've met and I've got a lot of respect for, your promoter, Mick Hennessy. Top man. Talk, 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 talk to man, a bit about, about Mick Hennessy.
1: You know, I actually generally I love the bloke. Um, he's like, he's not, just, he's not a promoter in my eyes. To me, he's a really, really good friend. Yep. Um, his family are really nice. Um, he's genuine, honest guy in boxing, someone you can trust. Yeah. Someone who's not there for the money. He's there because he loves the sport and he cares about his fighters, you know, and you can't say that about many promoters. I don't think you can say that about any um, promoters to be honest, you know. Yeah. If one of his fighters lost he's there and he wants to rebuild him and he wants to get the best out of his fighter. You know, he he looks after his fighters, you know, he's a proper family man. Um he got so much respect for Nick Kennedy and he's done such a good job with me. You know, I don't have ever had a big promoter and um to take me on, I can't thank him enough. How did you meet McHennacy? It's weird. I was sparring. I found and you know, I got spotted by some bloke who had a connection with McHennacy and got me, got me in touch with Mick. So I was meeting him with him, and it went from there. We got got on really well, and um, he just said, "I want, I want to, I want to promote somebody, a real person, you know." I'm fed up with promoting the Eubanks, you know, and you know at the time the girls, not like the girls, them like whatnot. And but obviously it was just he wanted to work with somebody who's have not got these big titles or really what? Well. They work for somebody who hasn't come from anything, so get something, you know. And um, and he just thought I was a genuine guy I suppose, as well, so we just clicked up, got really got on really well, and obviously um, he just went from that.
0: Nick Blackwell, how do people get in contact with you?
1: Contact with me? Fans.
0: Yeah, fans like Twitter, Facebook, that's them.
1: Yeah, um, you know, what? I got I got quite a bit of. Um, Time my hands out for next week, you know, so whenever someone works on foot, I'll try and give back to every single person I can just because I don't want to be one of them people who think I'm better than everyone, you know. I'm just a, I'm just a, the same old Nick about well, what it was a couple of years ago, you know, because you're fighting on TV and you're, you're doing all right, and you're the first time, it doesn't change you in one little bit, you know, and I'll always be the same. I don't ever, ever want to be one of them people who look down and think I'm better than anyone else because I can't stand people out when I was younger. who have done well for themselves and they look down on me. I don't want to be one of them people. Um, I'm just down to earth guys. So if someone wants to, if they're a big fan and they want to go on Twitter, you know, they and they want to speak to me, oh, I'll just give them a call. So, you know, I'll give them my number you we know, have a little chat. You know, that's what I am. You know, I don't take myself too seriously.
0: Nick Blackwell, thank you so much for talking to Bayloric T. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. It's good talking to you.
0: You too. Take care, champ. Nice. Well, have a good weekend, mate. We'll take, you, care, take care. Bye bye.